This is Isabel Sederni, your host for Frame by Frame, a podcast series that introduces you to the most influential and respected cinema post-production professionals working in New York today. In today's episode, editors Kate Sanford and Tim Strito share their experiences about developing the series Boardwalk Empire and Vinyl. It's tricky in television because mm-hmm. the directors go away so quickly, like they're really immersed in it and then they're in the cutting room for like whatever, five days like that they get. It's, it's like half of a feature condensed into one week yeah. of intense editing. Pretty soon the, your new episode is starting up and so you're starting to get dailies again. And so then things start to kind of snowball. Frame by Frame is brought to you by the Post New York Alliance because it's how you finish that counts. Our website is postnewyork.org and we can be found on Twitter at at PostNY. Our host for today's session is Soundtrack. To begin, I asked Kate and Tim what kind of conversation they had with the producers to establish the aesthetic, visual grammar, rhythm, and overall shape of the series. Well, I mean, in in both the case of Boardwalk and Vinyl and with Martin Scorsese, you you don't just have, like, what he's actually done with the pilot. You have kind of his entire body of work as, like, an influence. That's Boardwalk Empire editor Tim Strito, whose prior credits include feature films such as Noah Baumbach's The Squid and the Whale, Greenberg, and Francis Ha. It's like a show about gangsters directed by someone who's made some of the great kind of gangster films, certainly of his generation and of all time, really. You know, and then Terry, who who was kind of one of the big writers on The Sopranos. So that combination, I mean, it was, it was incredible. Like, looking back on it, it's kind of insane, uh, like, walking into that situation. And I really, I'd never worked on a TV show like that before. Had they not hired Kate, like, I never would have been hired on it because I feel like they had their person they knew and the, and the veteran and like the HBO kind of endorsed they you know they knew Kate was great and so they figured they'd risk it but you had worked with Tim on with The Wire yeah and uh, right and, and Terry and, and Terry knew me I mean on a movie I mean we had had a, a long collaboration Terry wasn't he was the writer he wasn't the director but right. he sat in the cutting room with us a lot so he knew my personality and he you know he knew that I was I be patient or you know <laughs> maybe maybe talented I don't know but you know so that so that we already had a relationship yeah. going in and um I was thrilled I was like totally you know I ne- I don't yeah. I wouldn't take anything for granted e- I mean ever not at this point we're always looking for our next opportunity and so I was and continue to be thrilled to to be invited and certainly like a very tall order to follow the Martin Scorsese pilot That's Boardwalk Empire editor Kate Sanford whose television credits include David Simon's The Wire, Treme, Show Me a Hero, and The Deuce. She's also edited feature films such as Michael Corrente's American Buffalo. So we have that really almost a two-hour kind of movie experience of, a, of his pilot as a style guide. And like Tim says, we have his body of work as, as an influence over every, all of us. And one of the reasons why I'm and interested in editing at all because I'm, I'm really in love with the way that he puts a movie together and the rhythms that he creates that are very unusual and really specific to him and to me beautiful. So it's an honor to follow that pilot and yet we still really needed to find our own style to continue on with the show Boardwalk Empire. So we were heavily influenced by the pilot but we weren't following it shot by shot, if you will. We were kind of, we were taking it, we were segueing into something that was a little slower paced and had a different kind of rhythm, and that was very much discussed. 
among me and Terry and Tim Van Patten. The other thing that was really interesting that happened on, on Boardwalk was that it started with kind of Marty and Terry, but it, it evolved beyond that. And, and all of, I mean, really all of the directors that kind of came through there were very talented and, and they had a vision of what they wanted to do with just their episodes. So like those early conversations you have with just each individual director involved talking about the script, talking about the different scenes, talking to them while they were shooting. Like, you know, we could go to set a lot because we were cutting our offices were right near two of the stages that we had where they were, you know, so we could talk to them a lot about stuff they'd shot. So, so that was, was one thing. But the other was like Howard Corder, who was sort of Terry's right hand in the writer's room and, and wrote as, as the series went on, Howard was a, his voice really was a big influence and, and kind of the, the show kind of evolved that way. Like Howard mm-hmm. influenced a lot of what was being shot, just, I mean, just what was, you know, on the page. So it's like, you kind of had to yeah. be sensitive to yeah. all those things changing and, you know, how the directors were working with different writers. And, and that's true on vinyl too. Like there were different writers for different episodes. There were different approaches to different episodes. And that was a show kind of in its just first season. And I mean, and I'm sure we'll get to this, but like vinyl was a much wilder world to inhabit because boardwalk you know is a very classical film genre i mean it's like mm-hmm. one of the iconic you know it's like the western the gangster movie you know it's like one of those things that you can really like you know exactly what you know you put guys in double-breasted suits with fedoras and tommy Gun. like it's like mm-hmm. everyone knows what that is you know mm-hmm. vinyl was much more of a wild sort of like you know we're kind of inventing this it was like an, an expression of an era as opposed mm-hmm. to boardwalk which i think was uh was more of an expression of like a, a type of cinema in a way. And also Tim Van Patten. So Tim shot, uh, Tim directed episodes two and three of Boardwalk Empire. And I cut those with him at the same, yeah, he shot them at the same time, call it cross-boarding. So we had two episodes worth of dailies to work with and I put it together. And, you know, as I'm watching dailies, I'm realizing, you know, his vision of how to shoot is much is much more classical, is much slower, is just has a different pace and rhythm just in terms of shooting. So I think that the way that something is blocked and shot influences the way that we put it together, at least initially. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the show starts to come together and we see how episodes two and three start to look and they look similar, but not exactly like sort of the energy of that pilot. And we talked about that amongst ourselves and decided that that was what was wanted. But I, I guess the the conversations didn't get quite explicit until we actually had the episodes put together. Right. So it yeah. wasn't like yeah. it wasn't like I was hired and we had a meeting and said, OK, here's what it's going to look like. It right. was more like, well, maybe they had a meeting and then which I wasn't part of necessarily, but that I began to understand by watching the footage and working with it and putting it together. And then all together we started shaping it. And then Tim yeah. started and continued that shape. Yeah, that I mean, conversation. It's, it's a weird thing. I, I think you actually have that conversation in like your interview for like, you know what I mean? Like when you like talk to like, especially on movies, it's like when you meet and you talk about what other films are their influences mm-hmm. for this particular film or like, you know, what you got out of the script. You know, it's it's always exciting when you kind of like when you see something in the script and you say it in like an interview and they're like, that's absolutely what I want to do. And you know what I mean? It's like that you kind of plugged into something that they want to do or to, or to you know, see happen where this reminds me of such and such, you know, it's like, those are the conversations where I think you start 
a dialogue with the director. And then once they get into shooting, it's a lot of it is very technical. It's like, you know, shooting a film, it's, you know, it's, it's construction, you know, it's like getting those raw materials and like seeing it. And, and, and even like the experienced directors know, like, we're going to get this when we get in there together and like, we're going to figure it out. And, you know, but, but even the experience was like, we'll sometimes be like, I don't know, like, what do you think? Like, you know, do we have, do we need anything else here? Or is this going to work? (laughs) Is this going to work? What I want to do is, you know, X, Y, and Z, is that going to work? And one thing I'll say about Marty that I think was really cool was that, you know, he's, and I really saw this on vinyl, which is that he was excited by the work, the, other directors were doing like the directors Mm -hmm. that that I worked with each kind of asked to show him their director's cut and they went up to like his office and they watched it in the screening room and they had and they all would call me like after this this amazing experience just like sitting with him watching their cut and like he's such a film lover he like enjoyed that process and he was he was very uh, generous with them I mean he was editing a movie and still editing his own pilot and they were all super excited by that so i think he you know it's not like he like did his pilot and was like i want everybody to do this i think it was like he had he he definitely had it was a big creative and you know the primary creative influence on the show in terms of directing but the uh i think he was very uh, excited by other things that people were bringing in there yeah and he just i mean his energy too it's it, i mean it's inspiring yeah, he's so for, charismatic for everybody for everybody. So there were some set visits and there was an editing room visit at one point and it's just exhilarating. So he's very positive. And I just want to go back to one thing you said, Tim, which is that when you were hired on Boardwalk, you didn't have any TV experience. But the reason that Tim Van Patten wanted to work with you is because you had an experience with Noah Bombach mm-hmm. and, you know, he knew you were the kind of person who would be a close collaborator, who would be the kind of person who would roll up your sleeves and have deep conversations and want to work things out. So it wasn't necessarily that they were looking for somebody who had lots of TV experience per se. They were looking for somebody who they could really collaborate with. Yeah, I mean, I think, he, you know, he said that. I mean, in my, in my <laughs> I'll never forget my interview with Tim on Boardwalk because it was like they called me and said, you know, can you read the script? and go? They were like, in a way, it was a kind of a scramble. They were they were trying to like kind of fill this second spot. He was already shooting the the for the you know, the second two episodes that Katie was cutting, and so I would I would come in on episode four. But I like went out to set, and like he, between shots, like you know, we sat there, and he kind of was um, he he was you know he had so many things on his mind, and like then he had to like kind of go into like interview mode, and we talked, and I just started talking about like the show and how exciting I thought it would be, and. And, you know, and the set was so cool. It was like, you know, everybody was like, it was just like a cost. I'd never done like a period thing before. So it was really cool to just be on that set and see all that stuff. And it was a big deal for me. And then he was like, right. He's like, you're the one who cut the squid and the whale. Like he remembered like in the pile of resumes or whatever that he had, had seen that I had cut this movie that he really liked. Yeah, And then he talked to no. I mean, there was like, a, you know, there were, I remember they spoke on the phone and, and, you know, I have to say Kate was great uh, when I started because... You know, I was nervous, and it was a you know it was a new thing for me, and and uh, it just really from the beginning, she was very collaborative. She would take, come here, come in here, and look at what I'm doing. We were kind of one. We we're doing the same thing. Like that mm-hmm. was what was cool because I've worked on other stuff where editors like they don't really want to show. I mean, they're kind of protective of what they're doing, mm-hmm. and not even in like a bad way, but just like they're insecure about it so they they're not ready to show it, and so it's like you know it's a little more or you're too everyone's too busy to like really show it but um 
we watch each other's cuts. When we're not super busy, we'll watch multiple versions of each other's cuts. So, you know, uh, often, you know, because the director's around for like a week and you get to know him at lunch and like whatever. And then they inevitably want to show it to someone else. Like they want to just show somebody else before they send it to the producers. And so the other editor is the or the assistants or, you know, the other people that they've gotten to know uh, are the obvious, you know, candidates. But Kate and I also really use those screenings as a way to see it ourselves. And like, you know, and on vinyl, especially because vinyl was like really kind of a busy, busy, busy job. Those like I wouldn't even see like her dailies on something. And then I just get to see a whole episode just cold. And that was great because it's the only kind of fresh experience you get with the show because you're in the other room, like dealing with your own like mess. And like, you know, just to go and see somebody else's like finished thing, you're like, oh, right. I'm part like my part leads to this part leads to even though you're reading the scripts, like it's great to just see it all done, even though it's not done, done. Like it's just it's cut. Like you don't have to. Oh, my God. I get to watch. I get to watch an episode of the show that I didn't have to put together. And like. And that is, uh, it, it, it makes you feel like excited that you're part of something. It changes yeah. your, your, your thinking about something you're doing. It's mm-hmm. critical. Like it's like, that's the whole. Yeah. I, mm. I don't know when we established that it, you know, it wasn't every single episode on Boardwalk, but somewhere along the line, we would go and watch each other's director. If the directors were okay, if my director was okay, I'd say, you know, how about we have Tim and a couple mm-hmm. assistants come in and watch. When you when you have any sort of screening, it also changes your point of view about what your work means, sure. right? So if you invite anybody in, um, but especially if you invite experienced, smart people who are then going to give you helpful, supportive, constructive comments and have a conversation in a safe space, which is the editing room. So we'll not only screen, but then we'll actually have conversations about what worked and what didn't work. And those are those are incredibly helpful. Yeah. And um, and that and so that we trust each other enough that, you know, we we know that we're you know, we're we have each other's backs and we're gonna be supportive about it so it's not scary. Mm-hmm. And then because the other editor is so intimately familiar with the show, they can make the best kinds of suggestions with the director there or even later when the directors leave occasionally, you know, we'll continue the conversation too mm-hmm. and say, what about this and what about mm-hmm. that? And talk to me a little bit about when you begin, what's the timetable of when does the director, when do you see the director, when do you see the producer, how much time do you have to turn something around? Mm-hmm. Well, that, so I guess on both Boardwalk and Vinyl, the shooting schedule was pretty, by TV standards, was pretty long. I mean, it was like four, it was like 12, they would say like 12 plus two or something. Mm-hmm. Like it'd be 12 days plus they'd have like two, what they call tandem days, where they'd have the subsequent episode would have started. And so like a smaller unit or a, like a, you know, the kind of B unit would be with the finishing episode and then the main unit would move over to the uh, the new episode or whatever but so basically like 14 days yeah. and sometimes it would stretch longer then i think it's like I, I don't know like what the rule is but it's like you get like three days to finish the assembly um um and then the director would come in to the cutting room and they get you know i think they're supposed to get f- at least four days but we would do like five and you know, I would try to do more than that if if we could, just to just get more time in there with the director. And so then you get like you get the director's cut done, and then like yeah. it gets sent off to the producer. And then by then, because like 
another week or so or a week and a half has gone by, like pretty soon the, your new episode is starting up. And so you're starting to get dailies again. And so then things start to kind of snowball. So you'll get <laughs> notes back from and this is just like before you even send stuff to the network and like all that kind of stuff. You get notes back from the producers and you do those notes and then you, you're still getting dailies. And so you're coming with dailies and then like you'll start to get and then that cut will move forward and go to the network. And then you get the network notes back and you're still getting producer notes. And yeah. And then like like Marty or Mick, you know, would have their obviously on their own timetable. So like they, they whenever they wanted to give notes, those would come in and we would do those. And so that was like that's kind of how it. Vinyl was a little less organized than, yeah. than some shows. And There's also, a lot of producers we're talking about a two-editor rotation, so that right. gets you get squeezed a little bit tighter. Even though our the shooting schedule is pretty long, you're still leapfrogging from one to the other. And, you know, it does, it does get hard and you overlap. And sometimes you have three, four episodes in different parts of the process at once. But with th- a three-editor rotation is more typical like on a network show on television mm-hmm. and that allows you a little more time to finish before you are well you know well into dailies on the next episode I, f- I found I did a third of the wire and a lot of the episodes I, I just was too busy and I didn't I didn't get to know those other episodes quite as well with two I feel like I can keep the whole story straight in my mm-hmm. head and it's it's also like you know there's one other like we both have like scene cards up on our walls and sometimes we just like wander into each other's rooms and just like look at the scene card like not even to like bother the other person but just like kind of read like oh wait oh right that's where he did that okay so that's in that episode so like you know you're kind of like reminding yourself what all these like story beats are that's when he killed that so, yeah exactly <laughs> yes there's lots of killing and yeah but and then but but did that happen before that other thing or after that other thing that's well the, the, the big thing yeah the big thing straight. especially and this is also speaks to like there only being two it's like what was the last scene that these two people were in together yeah what happened in that scene like i remember it but i don't remember it so you go back and you're like okay right okay now i remember it like now when i see it you know written out and then and then if it's really like if there's some concern, like I'll be like, can you show me? Can I see that scene? Yeah. You know, or I just go. I mean, we also look at each other's stuff on our own. Mm-hmm. Like we'll open up each other's like cuts and look at stuff just to refresh our memories on things and, and to see like what, you know, we do. But uh, yeah, it's it, when there's only two of you, it's like it's easier to to do that. But it can get it can get jammed up, too. I asked him and Kate to talk about their different approaches to editing film versus television. My experience in film was almost exclusively with like writer directors and particularly, you know, with with someone like Noah Baumbach who, you know, he was shooting something in a very specific way as he had imagined it. You know, we would cut lines kind of immediately, like in the first cut we would do. He would say, you know, I I feel like we don't need that line because we can see it and what the actor, you know, that I I never really, that was more just there for like people reading and for like there there was, the the script was like kind of the first part of his directing, you know, and and that was, that's totally different than what we do on, on a TV show because the director is interpreting, you know, another script that has been written by, in some cases, like several writers in in the writer's room and polished by various people and they have their own take on it. And, you know, that, that really, as we talked about earlier, that relationship with the director in a movie is like you just kind of go into the bunker for like a couple of months and, uh, and you know, on a TV show, it's constantly like there's people coming in and out and, and you know, they're there for short periods of time. And I love that because it kind of makes 
your role, like you, you're kind of spread out across like an entire thing, and you know people will st- sort of rely on you as as sort of a um, you know as someone to consult on certain things. Like mm-hmm. after you've been with the show long enough, um, you know, uh, especially like new directors coming in, but the actual work of like the 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 way I edit is entirely something I think I developed working with Noah and that I still do I mean he he was he was a great he was he really loved working in the cutting room and it was a very like disciplined thorough process Uh, he shoots a lot Mm -hmm. and you know we explore numerous options and alternate versions of things like always and it's like it's it's a and and we don't watch the assembly. That's like a big part of his workflow. Like which I think is you know I I cut it, but it, and we talk about it or and we'll go to it like if we're scratching our heads of like how to. But we we start cutting from the first scene and build out from there and then go back and like get like ten minutes and then revise the first ten minutes and then get to twenty minutes and like revise that and stuff. And I kind of try to do a sort of like. A, a, a like kind of similar version of that, especially on vinyl. I tried to do that with some of the directors. I would just say like, if you don't want to watch the assembly, we don't have to. Like, we could just start and we could just start working, and all of them like were like, yeah, let's do that. Like, n- every director hates watching really? assemblies and like, yeah, I think I think they do. Even I, Alan. I mean, Alan would watch it. I think. Um, We're talking about Alan Coulter. Alan Coulter, yeah. I think he would kind of watch it as a uh, as a you know as a courtesy like sort of mm-hmm. like you know well you you cut it and let's see it you know <laughs> like you know you you put all this work into it and i think you know but i i've i've kind of done this sort of informal mm. survey of directors like over the last like few years and i i really think that like it, it, they're just not ready for it like when they after they finish shooting to come in and just have this thing there that's you know i think after like a couple days they can watch it but it's like i think it's good to just like i mean i had one director come in and we just worked on a scene that didn't have in episode four, we have this whole record pressing sequence, and that's what she wanted to start with because it wasn't there weren't any actors. That was like there was like fun music, like it was Pink Floyd. Like it was, she was like, let's just do that first. Like that's what, and and it was a great way to kind of start. And we were still like kind of getting to know each other, and it was like to get that up on its legs first was like mm-hmm. a good way to kind of get started. So I'm surprised I didn't realize that most of your directors didn't like to watch the assembly. I mean, it's, I can understand that. Um, I mean, you just talked about starting in, in the middle somewhere on episode four. And, you know, it's it's hard to break the ice. Like, you have to form a whole relationship with someone. And not, not only, like, talking and emotional, but, like, just how you communicate in the cutting room. Like, do they like to sit there while you make every cut and fiddle? and Or do they like to give notes and walk away or talk on the phone? Like, mm-hmm. how, how does the how does the collaboration actually physically go? And so you mm-hmm. have to figure out that really quickly. Without, like, in an like hour. Formally, you know, just like, you have to really, just start doing it somehow. Yeah. And you have to be very sensitive to how they like to operate and be you know just kind of um very flexible and then you kind of hit it and then you're off and running together i mean i like to watch the assembly because i like to see the whole story and i like to see where there are going to be story questions problems issues redundancies so that by the time i get to a scene that i know has an influence later or maybe will be you know something in it will be addressed later in terms of the story beats i know that we can take some liberties there or there's some work to do there so i just like to see the whole thing mm-hmm. yeah um, i mean i'd i'd watch the whole thing mm-hmm. it's more just like in terms of like 
presenting them with. But I like them to catch up to where I am. Yeah. yeah Ideally, yeah. anyway. Yeah. But but we have to be very, very flexible, yeah. especially in TV. Um, for me, that's the hardest part of editing is be is the personal relationship, and it's and it's a very it can be a very intimate relationship, and um, and remaining open and um, and supportive through the whole very very long process. I think it's one of the qualities that you have to have too, as an editor. You have to have the ability, at least for a large part of your day, to like keep it together. Mm -hmm. Because um, you know, one thing I talk about, like if I teach or something, it's like you're not only putting the movie together and you're accessing your own creative, you know, powers and you're doing some technical feats, um, but you're also managing all of the emotions in the room. And so other people kind of have the privacy and the freedom to act out, and you kind of don't, really, you know? I think that you have to be as calm, cool, and collected at all times as possible. You know, I've been in a situation, I, and I learned this very early on, it's, it's um, when you get a bunch of people in the room, like in the early stages, so you're there with the director, and then you get a, producers or friends who are very opinionated or whatever, and you get the kind of like you get that feedback, you get those notes. If you, I think, turn on the director <laughs> or agree with somebody, I mean, it just depends on what like the vibe is, but you have to be really careful because it's like they, you got to work with them after that screening's over. You have to mm -hmm. like, so a lot of times I'll just sort of field all of these things and like, yeah, you know, we'll think about, you know, let's see what, let's see how that works. You know, just kind of like very non-committal, you know, you don't want to like make them feel like you're taking sides if there's, a, if there's an argument. And then later you can say, I thought that was a really good point. I think we should try it. And then, and you can kind of like, when it, again, it's like, it's that yeah. trust. It's like, they need yeah. to feel like they're, you're there for them. It's tricky in television because mm -hmm. The directors go away so quickly. Like they, they spend all this time. They prep and they shoot and they and they're really immersed in it. And then they're in the cutting room for like whatever five days like that they get, and then they leave and they know that you're staying, and that you're going to do the producers cuts with the people you work for over the course of the whole season, and so, I think they have an especially like kind of experienced TV directors feel like well you're just going to end up doing you know, their bidding, and you have to make them feel like you really want to get there with that. You want them to feel like they've had their their cut, you know what I mean? Like they've had their their day in court and that it's as good as they can possibly make it and then just, you know, take it from there. But I, I don't think that's just like um, pandering to them or anything like that or making I, – no, I, I, don't, I don't think that any of that is, is faked. Right? No. I think it's like it's real work. It's just it's like half of a feature condensed into one week yeah. of intense editing. Yeah. And you really forge a relationship with them over that week. I mean, I, I know Tim and I both do. I mean, we get really involved and attached with the people who are shooting and whose whose dailies we're absorbing and we're putting it together and mm -hmm. we're really collaborating with them. Um, and sometimes we keep in touch with them after and they call or they text. Yeah, they want to like, know what's going on. What's and, going yeah. on? Did you, you didn't change that wide shot, did you? Did you hold on the wide shot? Like, you know, like what, or what? worse, like after it airs, like you'll get the like email of like, you know, what happened to like such and such? And then you kind of go back and, and I try to actually always hit them before it airs just to yeah. tell them, look, this is going to bum you out. Yeah. But X, Y, and Z. And if you, if they're ready for it, then they're usually understanding and, Especially if like reviews come out and it's good, like they're just fine and everything's cool. Like, but like, but it's like, you know, there's definitely like I don't know. I feel bad for TV directors. It's like they really, 
have to let go of this thing before it's done. Yeah. And that's weird, I think. And well, then it's like kind of you wish there was a second cut that they that they would get, you know, after notes or something. And, you know, we have to, we have to balance our loyalties, too. And also, I think we're on a on a TV series. Um, we're serving the show overall as well especially if it's been established for a while what kind of the grammar of and what the language is of the storytelling sometimes directors come in and they have an idea that's a little too far outside of that we try we try to rein them in a little bit and say well we don't we don't really do those kind of long cinematic dissolves on the wire or whatever yeah you know we (laughs) just the the way we get from one scene to another is a straight cut or or whatever you know there you know on some tv shows there are fairly strict rules strict to you know suggestive Mm -hmm. guidelines and so it's our job too to, to to keep that style template going but i think you know going back to what you're saying about working with noah like you are you're finding the movie. I mean, we talked a little about finding the TV show, finding mm-hmm. the style of the TV show. I feel like the whole job of working on a movie is finding the movie. Mm-hmm. So that once you kind of find the TV show, there are a lot of shortcuts you can take, right? It's just in terms of, you know, we're not going to try those long dissolves. We're not going to try making a montage out of the, that series of scenes because we know that our writers and our showrunners like to have things play out. We we know that they we know that we don't really do that. So we're not going to spend a lot of time and energy trying to just rework something or reformat something that we know kind of has its format and has its place so we'll concentrate our energy elsewhere. But I think on a movie that's the work of the movie from day 1 to day mm-hmm. infinity. That's what you do the whole time. Um, so the thoroughness that you're describing, I mean, I have had similar experiences. I work with um, Tim Blake Nelson on a couple of movies, and I work with Bart Freundlich, who's wonderful on an indie. These are all indie films with, again, with writer-directors who are incredibly involved, and they're the authors of their movies. So you're constantly trying to discover it and bring it to its best final form. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what a movie is. The other thing of the movie is you have more time, and you have 10 weeks uh before you got to show anybody anything and uh or you know 10 12 weeks or whatever before you like have the first cut and 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 so you can you can sort of take that time to kind of discover you know what it is where the tv show it's like kind of like again they just don't have the time in there but i think that it's it's just a question of like I remember we would look at like kind of the board like every day and just be like, okay, so we got this and this and so like we have that one. That's going to take a while. Like we're going to have to like really like that's going to be a bear. Like we would know like kind of where, (laughs) you know, the things that we're going to kind of take. Oh, but oh, we'll just like breeze through that part. That's not going to be hard. Like we kind of like assess at the end of every day, not even having Mm -hmm. seen it. Like we were again, we're building each scene from scratch. But and and I would and that's again I would be like because I'd already I'd cut an assembly I'd be like well yeah there's a lot of and and we talk about some of the things or we watched the assembly of like a particular scene or whatever but it was never like a screening of like a whole cut mm-hmm. that they hadn't had any hand in 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 doing which like I just think always freaks them out <laughs> I just think it really it does is hard. it's yeah. really hard for them it's like there's a great quote by um, I think it's Francis Coppola that said. Um, your film is never as good as your dailies, and it's never as bad as the first cut. 
<laughs> and and I think that's what it is. I think when people watch dailies, it's all like hope and like, you know, if they're good. I mean, if the dailies are good. If the dailies are like problematic and then you cut something together and it works, they're like, wow, you're amazing. Like, I can't believe you saved that. Like, I didn't think that was going to work. But mo- if the dailies are good, there's still like choices that are made and things that are left out. And then they have to like face that like, oh, that's all that is. Like, you know, it, I think it's a weird like psychological. They just need to. It's like it's like throwing them into the pool versus like, you know, easing them into the mm-hmm. some directors might like it. Some directors might be like, I got to see the whole like, let's just do it. Let's rip the bandaid off and just do it. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Inevitably, they're going to be distracted by choices that you made that they wouldn't have made. Yeah. So then they see something they didn't expect, and then the and next, it distracts them the for twenty 30s, minutes. You know, it's yeah. like yeah, thirty like seconds or twenty minutes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they just can't. Oh my god! Wait, just stop it! Stop it! Make it stop! Like they, you know, it's like they afraid. really like yeah. They can really like it, it can be upsetting. So yeah. Why torture them? No. <laughs> We're compassionate. Yeah. Well, you have been so lovely. Thank you so much for taking this time, and I'm really happy to celebrate your work. Oh, thank you. Thank you. This episode of Frame by Frame was recorded at Soundtrack on June 26, 2016. The audio engineer for today's episode was Nick Shank. Stay tuned for episode three, a conversation between picture editor Tim Squires and sound editor Phil Stockton about their collaboration and working on feature films such as Paul Auster's Lulu on the Bridge, Ang Lee's The Ice Storm, Less Caution, and Life of Pi.